This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Russian missiles struck the centre of Kyiv during rush hour on Monday morning, the first rocket attacks on the Ukrainian capital in months. Explosions were also reported in the cities of Dnipro, Lviv and Ternopil. Vladimir Zelensky, Ukraine's president, said there are dead and wounded. The bombardment is probably retaliation for the attack that crippled the Kerch Bridge, which links the Crimean Peninsula to Russia on Saturday. President Vladimir Putin declared that incident an act of terrorism by Ukraine, which has not claimed responsibility for it. The bridge is a crucial supply line for Russia's invading forces in southern Ukraine, as well as being symbolic for Mr Putin personally. North Korea's state news agency said that the country's testing of 12 ballistic missiles over the past week, including one which flew over Japan, was intended to simulate a nuclear attack to wipe out targets in South Korea. The launches were a response to recent American and South Korean naval drills around the Korean peninsula. Malaysia's Prime Minister Ismail Sabri Yaakob called for an early election in an effort to bolster the mandate of his fractious ruling coalition. An election was due in September 2023, but now must be held within 60 days of Parliament being dissolved on Monday. That the election could coincide with the monsoon season, dampening turnout, sparked protests from the opposition. The Nobel Committee awarded the Sverge Riksbank Prize in Economic Sciences to three economists for research into the role of banks in the economy and how their collapse can exacerbate financial crises. The winners were Ben Bernanke, a former head of America's Federal Reserve who is now at the Brookings Institution, Douglas Diamond of the University of Chicago and Philip Dibvig of Washington University. The Social Democrats, the party of Germany's Chancellor, came first in regional elections in the northwestern state of Lower Saxony. It won a third of the votes, according to early results. But the Liberal Free Democrats, the SPD's federal coalition partner, failed to reach the 5% threshold needed to enter the state parliament. The hard-right alternative for Germany took nearly 11%, double its previous share. Alexander van der Bellen, Austria's president, won a second term, defeating the populist opposition by a wider margin than in 2016. With most of the votes counted, Mr van der Bellen had 55.4% of ballots, while Walter Rosenkrantz of the Freedom Party, a far-right group, had 18.4%. Landslides in Venezuela killed at least 22 people after rivers broke their banks in the Santos Michelena municipality, around 70 kilometres south of Caracas, the capital. The disaster came after days of heavy rain. Around 50 people are also reported to be missing. And fact of the day. 400. The number of suspected Russian intelligence officers expelled by Western countries since the spring. And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Taiwan's National Day Monday is National Day in Taiwan. 
This year's slogan is, quote, Defending Our Land Together, a fitting theme given persistently high tensions in the Taiwan Strait. In August, Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of America's House of Representatives, visited the self-governing island and called her country's support for Taiwan, quote, ironclad. China responded with military exercises to show its ability to blockade the island, which China regards as part of its territory. Tsai Ing-wen, Taiwan's president, wants to signal that Taiwan is uncowed by Chinese threats. Her government has continued to welcome delegations from America, Canada, Germany, Japan, and other friendly countries. It has also increased defense spending and is mulling extensions to conscription. But opinion polls indicate low confidence in Taiwan's ability to fend off a Chinese invasion. Non-governmental groups offer to train people in civil defense, but their reach is small. National Day is a chance to bolster public resolve. Making Russia a Pariah The diplomatic battle over Ukraine moves to the UN General Assembly on Monday when delegates debate a Western resolution condemning Russia's annexation of four Ukrainian provinces and demanding its full withdrawal from occupied lands. Russia vetoed a similar move in the Security Council last month. It cannot do so in the General Assembly, but the body's resolutions are not binding. Instead, the vote, which may take place on Wednesday, is intended to isolate the Kremlin. Repeatedly humiliated at the UN, Russia wants a secret vote. But the West is nervous too. It secured a 141 to 5 vote against Russia in March, but many countries are weary of the war. This week, most attention will be on the fence-sitters, among them many poor states and the likes of Brazil, China, Gabon, and India, which abstained in the Security Council. Getting fewer than 100 yes votes, the number that condemned Russia's annexation of Crimea in 2014, would be a blow to Ukraine. Overflowing in-trays at the IMF and the World Bank Policymakers from around the world gather in Washington on Monday for a week of annual meetings of the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank, amid sharply deteriorating conditions for the global economy. Russia's war in Ukraine has dashed the cautious optimism expressed last year. The energy crisis and soaring inflation will occupy participants. New IMF forecasts are likely to project that economies accounting for at least one-third of the global output will soon be in recession. Kristalina Gorgieva, the IMF's managing director, has warned that geopolitical and financial sector risks mean that conditions are more likely to worsen than improve. Officials will look for opportunities to cooperate on inflation fighting and debt relief in hopes of reducing the pain felt by the most vulnerable. Given the harsh reality of war, there is only so much they can do. Will J.D. Vance advance? Ohio hosts its first debate between two candidates for the Senate, the Republican J.D. Vance and his Democratic opponent Tim Ryan on Monday. The Buckeye State is a fairly safe Republican stronghold, but Mr. Vance a venture capitalist who came to prominence after writing Hillbilly Elegy, a best-selling book about the culture of Appalachians, has struggled. He and Mr. Ryan are in a dead heat. The Democratic candidate has raised enormous sums from small donors. 
Mr. Vance's campaign has sounded almost apocalyptic at times, focusing on the threats supposedly posed to Ohio from illegal immigrant drug pushers and their Democrat enablers. Donald Trump has stumped with him, as has Mr. Trump's son, Don Jr. Many Republican candidates across the country are chasing the former president's supporters. The reaction to Monday's debate will indicate whether the double Trump endorsement can push Mr. Vance over the line. A new pipeline to help Germany this winter. As winter approaches, all eyes in Europe are on the continent's gas supplies and whether anything can be done to ease dependence on Russia. Storage facilities are almost full, but Germany lacks enough import capacity to meet demand through shipped liquefied natural gas. On Monday, a retrofitted pipeline from France will open, providing relief of around 4,000 gigawatt hours per month around 3% of Germany's demand in a typical winter month. Whether that's enough depends on the weather and on Germans' willingness to put on an extra jumper. The country's gas network regulator has called once more on households to cut back in order to avoid gas rationing. Germany's eastern and southern neighbors, including Ukraine, will depend on supplies from the west, too. A new floating terminal in the Netherlands has started receiving deliveries to fill pipelines going east, But gas will remain scarce in Central and Eastern Europe. Hope for a mild and rainy Christmas. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home, city, and country by 1700 BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Monday. Who was the successor to Moses as leader of the Israelites? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Edith Piaf, who died on this day in 1963. All I've done all my life is disobey. That's The World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening 